This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the third and final segment of today's episode. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler here on Steelers Nation Radio, continuing inside the electric factory, but... Before we go any further and talk about any other free agent signings, whether they be in-house or outside the house, I do want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you in podcast format. So what does that mean? Well, it means stop wasting time and wherever you get your podcast at, subscribe to yours truly. And it is Steelers Blitz. Blitz, spelled with a Z. I don't know how else you would spell it, but that's how you spell it, okay? Steelers Blitz, you make sure you subscribe to us. Make sure you leave a review as well, five-star mm-hmm. or one-star. We don't want lukewarm. I don't want you to say, nah, I don't know if I like these guys or not like these guys. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of cool. Nah, you either love us or you hate us. Have an opinion on us, unlike, you know, some of these people that we've acquired. <laughs> but anywho, anywho, that is what we're doing today. So make sure you get this content, however you get your podcast, Stills Blitz and that's Blitz with a Z. But with that being said, man, let's start this thing up because we do have two more free agent signings that the Pittsburgh Steelers have made. And the first one I'm going to talk about because it kind of hits a little close to home, Wes. Mm, mm, mm. They went on up north. You know, you know, every time you go up north, right? You, I mean, the past couple of times they went up north, but they, they didn't score well with these guys from up north. That's all I'm saying. I can think of one in particular. You know, they, 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 they went back to that Buffalo, that Buffalo well. And this time, they, they stayed on the defense side of the ball as well, might I add. Oh, Good yes, vibes. yes, yes, Good they vibes. did. But they went and got a DB by the name of Lee Va Wallace. Two-year, $8 million deal. And might I add, former teammate of all-pro safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm. Now, we've had a chance to see this guy very intimately because the past couple of times we've played the Buffalo Bills, Lee Va Wallace has been out there. And at times, he has made some impact plays for those guys. But before I give you my opinion on this Buffalo Bill turn Pittsburgh Steeler, I would love to turn the floor over to you, Mr. Wesley Euler. What were your thoughts, man, on Levi being brought in here, man? You know, this former Buffalo Bill. See, I know that this is Moat's host Wednesday, right? And so... Here he goes. <laughs> as, the, as the kind host thing, you're supposed to tee me up first, but I feel like mm-hmm. this this is one for you, so I'm going to be very brief here because <laughs> I, want your, I want your take on Levi Wallace. Yes. Uh, very excited, very fair price, exactly what you needed. I, I Again, you're hosting here, so I'm not sure where you're going to drive this thing, but I think we might talk about how Akello Witherspoon plays into this. I still think that with the, with the money you spent here, that doesn't procure you from doing that. Maybe this is your Joe Hayden replacement and you still run it back with Akello. We could talk about that later, but this is a guy that stepped in for Tredavious White, played at a very high level this year. We talk about age, still 26 years old, right in that prime of his career. Um, has played at a high level, played college football at Alabama, Minka Fitzpatrick. There is a lot to like about this, Arthur Motes, and, and I got to imagine you're very excited as well. <clears throat> yes, I am very, very excited about Levi Wallace joining the Steelers family. You know, it was a little different when I came from Buffalo to Pittsburgh. The family in Buffalo wasn't the same, but I love to hear in Pittsburgh that much more. Levi's going to understand that, yes, Buffalo has changed a lot, and obviously he was a part of some very – productive teams up there playing an AFC championship game, multiple playoff runs, playing in primetime a lot. 
Yeah. He's going to understand that, hey, man, it's going to have a very similar feel in Pittsburgh. But when you talk about the price point, man, two for eight, I, I love that for Levi because a couple of things. Number one, Levi has always had to overcome. He's always had to prove. He was an undrafted. I mean, starting even at Alabama, he was a walk-on there. He wasn't even a full scholarship guy. Initially, right. So a walk-on had to develop to get on that field. Then from there, undrafted in the NFL, but continued to beat guys out. And then every time you saw him get on this field, whether it's in a starting capacity or in a reserve role, he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. And that's the thing that I liked about him, man, a physical corner. He's not afraid to hit you. He will come up and hit you in the mouth. Yes, he will. But also he has position flexibility. He can play in the inside in the slot or on the outside. We saw that predominantly when you talked about Tredavious White going down with the ACL injury this past season. Mm -hmm. He stepped up and in a major way he played well. And he's a productive player. I mean, just last season alone, like I said, he started with 17 games, but he had what two interceptions, 10 passes defended, forced fumble, 58 tackles as well. Now, he was targeted a ton in those teams where he allowed was a 56% completion rate, a 56% completion rate. And yes. obviously, we know that that's not the best, but he gave up, I think it was three touchdowns total. Now, when I think of him in context of what we currently have in our cupboard, I think that he gives you a lot more position flexibility than Cam Sutton on the outside right now. I do think that he is an upgrade over him just based on his athletic ability, but you still have the flexibility to re-sign Akello Witherspoon. And if Akello is here, now you're talking about Akello, Levi Wallace, and Cam Sutton, you feel a lot better about that. We obviously brought back Arthur Milet, and we know what he could bring to the slot from a physicality standpoint as well. I just think this Levi move is good in all phases because you have a guy that's played on the outside. You have a guy that can play on the slot. You have a guy that is quick. I mean, you watch him on tape, and he is lightning fast. But he's also accustomed to the spotlight. He's accustomed to playing in big moments. And that is something that is different for players. Not every player is accustomed to playing in that spotlight. Not everybody can handle that spotlight. Not everybody can handle postseason play and understand that it's win or go home. But Levi has shown on numerous occasions that he is capable of playing in those moments and playing at a high level. And to me, that just stands out. And he's not afraid of competition. Because, like I said, every single year when he was in Buffalo, he had to beat somebody out. Mm -hmm. Every single year in Buffalo, he had to prove his worth. And now to see him get compensated is just, like I said, another good story. Very similar in the way that I talked about you to Corn for. It's like, man, you see these guys come in the league and you know they're a little rough around the edges. But when they develop and they finally get paid, it's always a good feeling. And that's why, like I said, I was so happy about Chooks getting paid and even seeing Levi get paid. It's just like, man, this is a hardworking guy. This is a guy that is not going to be complacent. Like I said, he's a physical guy. He's not afraid to hit. But at the same time, he's smart. And he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. And like I said, you bring in a player like that to that defensive back room, it's only going to improve your roster. So that's why for me, man, I was really excited about this not even for the sense that he came from Buffalo, because we know how I feel, you know, about any of my, you know, anytime we go to that Buffalo, that Buffalo will and bring him on down here to Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. you know, I always love that. But like I said, Levi's just a good player. And to know that he has a connection with the Minka Fitzpatrick, that's only going to add to his comfort level and Minka's comfort level as he plays with this guy as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm man, I echo everything you just said there. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited as well. I'll tell you this too. Uh, I have a uh, one of my best friends Eric is a, is a huge Buffalo Bills fan just like obsessive at a at a a crazy clip 
uh, like many of Yin's are with the Pittsburgh Steelers, like affecting your health obsessed with your with your team. Um, and the first thing that I, you know, when a lot of times when when guys that I have relation, you know, guys that comes from teams mm-hmm. from somebody that I have a relationship, whether it be in the business or just a friend, I'll text them right away. And so I text my buddy Eric, and I'm like, "Hey, tell me everything I know need to know about Levi Wallace. Is he gonna be good for the Steelers?" And he FaceTimes me right away, and he's like, what are you talking about? This? <laughs> like, the Steelers got Levi Wallace? He's like, no, they yeah, didn't. You're kidding me. Dude. He's so good. you know. And he he was just raving about how important mm-hmm. he's been to the Buffalo Bills, particularly this past season. Um, and so I think is, you know, from a fan perspective, that always makes you happy, too. When you hear somebody – when you hear that a fan base is upset that they lost a guy – that's usually the type of guy that that you're happy with. You know, maybe there's some Mike Hilton vibes there from from last year. You know, this this time with us, like a guy that when Mike Hilton left, everyone was very upset to see that guy go. Kind of feels like the same here with Levi Wallace in Buffalo. This is a guy that they would have liked to to keep around if they would have been able to make it work. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of signs point to this working out. And you know what? We we've talked a lot about. Well, I don't mean you and I have talked a lot about. People amongst Steeler Nation talk a lot about how this team doesn't have the best track record drafting defensive backs. Let's just put it that way. They've got a pretty good track record as of late in terms of finding guys either on the free agency market or via trade, right? I mean, Mike Hilton was one of those guys. Joe Hayden was Mm -hmm. one of those guys. They traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. Steven Nelson was one of those guys. Um, Akella Witherspoon, a guy that we were just talking about. Akella Witherspoon, one of those guys as well, too. Um, I think this is going to be another one of those that we're going to look back on and we're going to say, yeah, you know what, that was that was a very smart pickup. Yeah, and the thing that I also like about him is this, man, proven productivity. Dating back to what his second year in the league, he's had two interceptions per season. Outside of his rookie year, that's the only year he hasn't had an interception. 2019, two picks. 2022 picks. Last year, two picks. Started 52 games as an undrafted free agent. Just think about that. Yeah, that's impressive. 16 Mike games Hilton, to second Mike year Hilton in the lives, league. Baby. Absolutely. 12 started 12 games his third year in the league. Started all 17 games last year. You don't get that type of productivity. You don't get that type of, like I said, starter quality just anywhere. And the fact that he was starting on a Buffalo Bills defense that throughout these past years has been viewed as a top defense in this league, regardless of, oh, well, what happened in those final 13 seconds against the Chiefs? Well, that's an anomaly. They're called the Kansas City Chiefs. We yeah. understand that. That's not on Levi Wallace solely, so I don't really care about any of that. That was one of the but craziest talk- things that we've ever seen. Absolutely. That's, that's a one So if, you, if, if you're going to make an opinion on the team because of an, an anomaly, well, good luck. Good luck going forward. But Levi is a day-going good player, a guy, like I said, that has proven can be a starter in this league, both in the slot and on the outside. He gets you interceptions. He's a proven tackler. I mean, just listen to some of these numbers. His second year in the league, 76 tackles on the season, 48 tackles after that. 58 this past season. His rookie had 37 tackles, only started seven games, only played in seven games. This guy is not afraid to hit. Yeah. And when we talk about the perimeter, we know, hey, man, if you are if you have corners out there that do not want to hit, that can get real ugly versus some of these running backs. And we just so happen to play in the AFC North where you see who? Joe Mixon. You see who? Nick Chubb. You see who? Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins. So you're going to have to have guys that are physical, guys that are not afraid to go out there and hit these guys. And Levi brings that to the table. That's why for me, man, I just – I really enjoyed this signing. And for that price point, two for $8 million, essentially a four mil per year average. Yep. To me, I just think that's great value for this caliber player, especially addressing the position of need. Because like you talked about, you don't want to go in the draft having four or five things that you have to address. 
you want to go into that draft saying, hey, look, we probably got one or two positions that we really need right here, but everything else is icing on the cake. Yes. And I do think yes. that Levi kind of brings you that flexibility right here. But what do you think this signing means to a guy like a Keller Witherspoon, though? Yeah, I, I still think that that's – I don't know if it changes much, honestly. Because, again, if you had just given substantial money to Levi Wallace, right? Two years, $8 million was the number. Uh, as you pointed out, you and I can do the math on this one, right? About $4 million per year. Now, it could shake out a little differently based on how they do it and everything. But that's an average of $4 million, uh, two years, $8 mil. Average of four million per year. Say that that number was six, seven instead. Then maybe a Kelo Witherspoon becomes a little bit more difficult. But I, I feel like that's still a move that the Steelers should make and and can make. You know, we talked a little bit about the money for Chooks and how it was a substantial number. But other than that, we feel like they they got a good deal on Mitch Trubisky compared to what a lot of people were saying he was going to cost. They got a good deal on James Daniels. I think when you especially when you consider the cap hit, this first year is only going to be four million dollars. Um, they they've done some good business so far. I I think that they've given themselves wiggle room. Now you obviously need wiggle room in free agency in case something becomes available or in free agency, pardon me. And uh, for like around, <laughs> around, yeah. around training camp in the preseason, oh, in, case part, yeah. you, in case you want to do a Joe Schobert type move in case somebody unexpectedly gets cut. Like what happened with Joe Hayden a few years back, right? You're not spending to the cap right now. I want to be clear with that with some Steelers fans. Like there's a difference between being cheap and I'm using air quotes here and, and, and you have to leave yourself room to sign your draft picks and you always want to have some space available again, in case someone becomes available that you didn't expect having a chance to get closer to the season. I, uh, th- that number is still pretty substantial. It seems like, and unless Akello, you know, has a bunch of suitors and is is um, you know, in the middle of a bidding war here, which I just it doesn't seem like it seems like those guys, their their deals have been announced already. The ones that were able yeah. to leverage teams and, and get some more money, those types of deals have have all shaken out. It's kind of that second wave of guys that we're gonna see next. Um, I hope that the Steelers can get something done. And when you consider uh what they were able to tie down Levi Wallace for, I'm I'm confident that that's still a realistic possibility. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. And you're right, man. I do think that a guy like Kello maybe is holding out a little bit to see what sure. his market is because we know there are waves. Like you said, the first day, the first two days are all the super big mega deals getting handed out. Then after that, you go to that second tier. But the one thing I caution Akello is the longer you wait out there on that market, the 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 higher the probability is that that deal that you might have had in place for the Steelers goes to someone else. And I know initially I thought that was the case with Levi because I was like, man, two for eight. I could see that being a deal that you would give a Kello. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. But but I'm still holding out that, hey, you know what? They still have plenty of money if they would like to go and still retain a Kello services that they will go ahead and do that. But that is the only thing that I'm becoming. A, the longer this thing drags out, the more and more I start to feel a little bit more unease about Akello returning just because I know how the Steelers like to operate from firsthand experience as it pertains to contract negotiations. Yeah. But and that's an well, I was oh, just gonna say I was yeah. just gonna say real quick, I would like because you do you, you you need to add another corner, either in free agency or in the draft. You you need to add another corner and it, it's gonna be it's gotta be Edmonds or somebody else there as well, too. Right. I would I I would not like to see them head to the draft at the end of the April with no Edmonds and no Akella Witherspoon. I think you got to at least I would agree with that. I think you got to at least bring and, one and of those no guys Joe Hayden there. as well. It would be and no, no Joe, Joe Hayden, Hayden as well. well like, too. Yeah, 
you, you have to have had some type of replacement for those guys because all three of those guys were big-time contributors and players for us, not just last season, but when you talk about Joe and, uh, and Terrell, those guys have been major contributors throughout the past the last four, four years. years. Yeah. So that, that to me is something that we do have to address. But if you're the stills and you're saying, hey, look, man, we like the cornerback depth we, or we like the, the corners early in the draft, then maybe that's what they're looking at in the first, second round. And maybe they're completely fine with that, allowing a guy like a Keller to leave and Joe Hayden to leave. And if they say we're going to draft a guy in the first yeah. round or in the second round to come in here and play for us, the same could be said about Troy Edmonds as well. But, you know, with those guys as a whole, we're, we're just, we still have to wait and see, right? And that is the big thing with those, you know, with free agency right now. It's, it's not a cut and dry, hey, those guys are gone. It still is a chance that they could return. So we'll leave a light on for them using a Tomlinism right there. There you go. But what I want to say is um, another guy that we did sign, you know, because I know, like I said, we don't work overtime. And I definitely don't work overtime right now as I'm in my namaste zen state, you know. I'm over here trying to make sure I'm, I'm holistic and, you know, having a good work life and personal life balance, okay? That's what I'm talking about. But it's with all that about, being partner. said, you know, you know, so with that being said, we're going to get to this final topic or this final guy that we have uh, signed through free agency, and that is center slash guard Mason Cole. Now, Mason was a uh, draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals. I believe it was in 2018, if I remember correctly, and he spent this past season because he was trading. He spent this past season with the Minnesota Vikings, where, like I said, he played guard and he had a little bit of time at center as well. But he's 25 years old. Um, everything that I've seen right now has been that it's a three-year deal. I haven't seen the particulars of the dollar amount just yet. But with a three-year deal, you you know you, you kind of got an idea that it's not going to be in the uh, single-digit M range, <laughs> right? So to speak. So to let you know, Spot Track, the 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 pretty have credible website, yeah. they have uh, listed three years a little less than $16 million per year. So it comes out okay. to uh, about $5.2 uh, million per year on average. There we go. There we go. Shout out to Spot Track. I didn't say, just wasn't sure if they had those things updated just yet, but that's good to hear, man. But um, with that being said, what were your thoughts on Mason being brought in here? Mason Cole, I, got, I can't just say Mason now because now we got two Masons. But on Mason Cole being brought in here, man, what were your thoughts on him? Yeah, one more time, Arthur Motes, because I didn't quite hear you right the first time. Uh, where Where did he play last season? The, the who? Uh, 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 the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, thank you. Okay, okay. I, I, I thought that. I just, I just wanted to make sure. Um, Man, listen, you, you know we virtual right now, so every once in a while, Lizzo, she'd be a little late to come in, but she's not going to do it. And she's like, the Minnesota Vikings. I said, thank you, Lizzo. I appreciate you. I'll see you next time. <laughs> I, you know what? It's interesting because the Mason Cole news came down the pipeline before the James uh, Daniels news Daniels. signing yep. signing did. At first. When they when they brought when the when the Mason Cole news was announced, I I looked into it a little bit more. I talked to uh, Luke Braun, who's a guy who covers the Minnesota mm -hmm. Vikings. Hey. And what I discovered, Arthur Motes, is that you know Mason Cole is one of those versatile guys. Played primarily tackle in college at Michigan. Mm -hmm. Came to the NFL for his first three and a half seasons in the league. Was used exclusively at center. And then the Vikings, for the last three or four games of this past season, actually bumped him to right guard. So mm -hmm. a guy who's a guy who's played at, 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 at a high level at multiple positions, and a lot of the word out of Minnesota was, man, those last couple games of the season where they moved him to guard, something clicked. And not that not that he was a bad center, but he looked like he had the potential to be a, a really good guard. And 
I got to think that Thursday night football game up in Minnesota, that was one of the games where, where he played it at right guard instead of center for the Vikings. Uh, Moats, Minnesota rushed for over 240 yards that game and averaged nearly seven yards no, no, per no, carry. No, 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 no. Now, did you have to remind us of that? Did, did you really have to remind us of that? I say all of that because like, like, I come am, on, man. I'm, this I'm, this th- is Steeler Nation Radio. This I was is thinking, Steelers Nation Radio. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me bring this back around. Let me bring this back around. Golly, I was man, bringing up that PTSD. You made my anxiety rise all of a sudden, man. Usa, namaste. <laughs> I so in my mind, I'm doing all this research. I'm, I'm talking to this guy from Minnesota, right? About right guard, right guard, move him to right guard, good center, but could be a really nice right guard. And I see those numbers and what he did against the Steelers in that game. And I'm thinking, okay, I bet you the Steelers saw something in that game that they really liked. And, and, and that, you know, they remembered that and he became available. And I'm thinking in my mind, okay, he comes in, he's your right guard. But if things don't work out with Kendrick Green, he can be competition. You know, he's got that versatility. Well, then they bring in James Daniels, who I was just saying the same things about. So I don't know how this is all going to shake out. I don't know if they see one of those guys at center, one of them at right guard, what they view with Kevin Dotson, with Kendrick Green. We're going to find all that out, obviously, when we get to training camp and we get to the preseason. What, what does the I, money tell you? You said three for 16? The, the, money, the money tells me that they did not bring this guy in to, to sit on the bench. Is is okay. what the money tells me, um, okay. and so as as we're kind of bringing this all full circle and and putting this whole entire conversation together, it feels to me like one of these guys. I don't know which one, but but one of these guys they view as the right guard. One of these guys they view as the center. And you know what, Kendrick Green is going to have to prove otherwise if if he wants to be the dude, or. You know the possibility of moving him to guard as well too that you and I have discussed, but that's that's a lot of loaded different things that I'm that I'm laying out there. Um, but for the money that they paid him for the ex- he's a guy Arthur Motes he's played over twenty uh, he's played over twenty five hundred snaps in the NFL already mm-hmm. in his career and he's still relatively young. He's get this in his entire four year NFL career he's been flagged for penalties nine times. That's it. Love it. Doesn't, Love it. doesn't get called for holding, doesn't get called for false starts, doesn't get called for illegal hands to the face. And in, in four years in the league, he's been called for nine penalties. That's that's pretty darn good. So, so yeah, there's some questions about how, how all this shakes out, but they spent some money on the offensive line. I think they spent some smart money on the offensive line, and they've given themselves options because these two guys that they brought in, and James Daniels uh, and certainly Mason Cole as well, They've got some versatility to where you could possibly use them in the lineup. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that this does do something that I'm excited about. It brings competition into the interior part of the offensive line. Now, we've heard the reports of, hey, man, Kendrick Green is more naturally suited to play guard. We even heard Ben Roethlisberger say that at one point about Kendrick Green. Well, if you're going to move Kendrick Green to guard, you're going to get a chance to bring competition in for Kevin Dotson as well. So either way, those two guys are going to have to push each other to right. see who can emerge. And James because, Daniels has played. A, James Daniels has played a lot of left guard. Yeah, because to me, I feel like Mason Cole and James Daniels are going to be starting in some capacity, whether one's at center or both are at guard. But Great. either way, those two guys are going to be out there. So that's why for me, I say if you're Kendrick Green or Kevin Dodson, this puts you on notice. This mm-hmm. lets you know that hey, man, whatever we've been doing, it clearly is not enough because the pieces that they brought in here tell us otherwise they just went shopping money the money more importantly tells you otherwise because you're not paying those guys that type of money 
to come here and sit on the bench. You pay those guys that type of money, even Mason Cole being a three for 16. It's like, hey, man, we don't love you, but we like you a lot more than what we already have here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I feel when I look at with Mason right now. And that's why I say, man, Kendrick Green and Kevin Dodson, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Because Dodson, remember, when he first came in, he's more suited. He said to himself, he's more uh, suited for the right guard spot. Said he's more comfortable over there. Kendrick Green came in and played at center, struggled. And saying he's more situated to be a guard. I'm just trying to figure out, man, we we only got so many guard spots. <laughs> Let me ask you this then, right? Because as it stands right now, you've almost got four dogs and three bones, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. You've yep. got uh you've got James Daniels and you've got um uh Mason, Mason Cole. Cole. Which one of those guys and that, and that and that doesn't even include John LeGlue, who came in and played quality snap sports last year as well. And that doesn't obviously Who's to say that they don't end up drafting somebody, maybe not in the first round, but second round, third round, fourth round, who ends up being in this conversation mm-hmm. as well, too. But as it as it stands right now with with those four, would you do you have an early, you know, I, I bet you this is the odd guy out? Again, we're gonna see how this all shakes out in camp in the preseason. But, to, to, I mean, to me right now, the odd man is Kendrick Green. I think so too. Yeah. Well, because he's undersized as a center, but if you're undersized as a center, what do you think that makes you as a guard? Very undersized. undersized. And remember, I did the research on this. If Kendrick Green would have Mm -hmm. played at guard in the NFL last season, he would have been the second smallest in the league behind only Shaq Mason. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, he is the one that, like I said, I'm just interested to see how the team handles him because it was a third-round draft pick from a year ago, and you're not going to release him. So he's going to still be on the team. I just don't see where he fits right now in terms of center versus guard position based on them bringing in Mason Cole and James Daniels. Now, maybe they, you know, are a little bit colder on Kevin Dotson. We remember the reports that yep, were surrounding yep. him at training camp a year ago. If that still holds true, maybe that's why they bring in these people and they say that, you know what, Mason Cole, we, we look at you as a left guard. Or James Dane, we look at you as a left guard. We think Kendrick is going to develop as a center. But yep. we want to push Dotson a little bit more. Out. Yeah. yeah. But, but either way, Mason and James are going to be here. And I do feel like they are going to be the starters just solely based on the money that's allocated to those guys. The same conversation that we had about Chooks as well. But <clears throat> with that being said, I've told uh-huh. you, I've said it numerous times today in previous shows. We're not working overtime. I have to make sure that I focus on my work and personal life balance. And Wes, you just going to have to ride along with me for that as well, okay? So okay. with that okay. being said, man, I want to give a big time shout out to my producer, Mr. Wesley Unit. I say having sounded extra crispy today. Always love to have him in the ones and twos. Got to give a shout out to the power grid, the megawatts. Even though y'all are not here with us directly, we still mm. feel y'all in spirit and in truth, baby. So y'all keep rocking with us and always giving us your feedback on the shows on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. The body. And at Wesley Eula. The good hair. And speaking of that Wesley Euler guy with the good hair, got to give a big time shout out to my partner in crime, the guy that was working the other side of the microphone with me, Mr. Wesley Euler. Bing bong. Hey, and with that being said, you always know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black angle. Steelers. Nation. Radio. Darius.